Yo, what's going on? It's your boy, Big Wavy Roy Johnson here. Hello everyone, this is the interview queen, Alicia Too. This is the infamous Cameron Solis. This is the professional Nathan Cruz. This is Veggie. This is the Callahan Death Machine in the draw and the face of Impact Wrestling. The one and only shot with Thunder Willie Mac. This is Shreddy Break, aka Mr. Clangin' and Bangin'. And you're listening. You are listening to. You are listening to. Broken but glorious. Broken but glorious. Broken but glorious. Hello, welcome to Broken But Glorious on BBGWrestling.com. I'm Chris Lappin. I'm delighted to be joined on the line by Reckless Tyler Devlin. How are you doing this evening, Tyler? Very good, thank you, yourself. Yeah, hot. Yeah, <laughs> extremely hot day. Extremely hot day. I'm waiting for this so-called storm to come along that they've been talking about for the last week. We've just here we've had about half an hour storm, but it's oh. not made any cooler. No, just we haven't had anything yet. Yeah, all day it threatened to have a storm all day yesterday, but I think it's finally happened about two in the morning and woke the whole house up. Honestly, I'm, yeah, I'm just begging for it. I just it yeah. needs to happen soon. Uh, it, it's horrible. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> so, so, how have you been surviving lockdown? Um, yeah, I've been working the majority of lockdown. I've, I've uh, haven't really um, haven't really stopped to be honest with you. It seems seems like everyone else has stopped and and they've had time to recharge and whatnot. But I've been um, I've been working in my my real job um, every single day really. So um, it's not really affecting me much to be honest with you. Yeah. Oh, so you've got you haven't been binging any series? Or anything, uh, you know, well, anything. no more than usual. No more than usual. <laughs> um, yeah, it's been nice to be fair. It's, it's um, to be fair, like less there's less people around, so like you just get on with your job and get on with it, and it's uh, it's been a lot nicer actually thinking about it. I I, I I'm gonna uh, I, I want this to I want the I want the social distancing to to keep to keep up. I like people not around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of I'm kind of enjoying. I'm in a building which usually has 300 people in it and 20 people in it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. People working far away from me. It's great. I love it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, it took a, it took a while, but I'm finally enjoying work from home as well. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of people have found that, haven't they? Well, the first couple of weeks, the kids were just in every ten minutes asking me to do things. So like, no, you have to pretend I'm not here. I'm work. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, go away. So took, yeah. But once yeah, they yeah. got used to it, it was, yeah, yeah. it's fine. It's like, well, yeah, so. yeah. As long as I pop my head in like once an hour and ask how they are, they seem to leave me alone. Then. <laughs> so, you know, so, you know, something something I've discovered more is um, because because we're doing like social distancing at work and we don't really get that much like time around each other to socialise. I've been going on social media a lot more, so I've been using Twitter a lot more and things like that, and uh, kind of like realising how Twitter can be like either you know so heroic one day. To the absolute mm. pits the next day from you know different opinions on, on different topics just unreal yes, I, like i said absolutely. i never really never really got stuck into it until the last kind of like probably since lockdown started really and uh yeah it's, it's interesting put it that way <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm literally using it just to tweet the show also at the moment i don't want to get involved in anything because i don't want to get my head so ripped off going on. So it's, <laughs> yeah it's a minefield it's an absolute minefield and even more so because my phone's not very good, so I lose battery by the end of the day. So now I've got nothing for, the, for, 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 for until I get back and get my, get my get my phone charged up. So for no other reason yeah. than that, it's, it's, it's crap. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Up until recently, my battery my battery will seem to last about half an hour, and I'd have yeah. to be keep it charged all day. Yeah. Well, do you know what? Recently, I've, I've discovered I've discovered, and I said I wasn't going to talk about this. Because um, I tell everyone this, it's boring, so boring. But I've discovered mm-hmm. a fast charger. 
and it charges my phone up in like half an hour and I love it. So it's my favorite oh, wow. thing ever. I tell everyone, I tell everyone. It sounds boring, but I'm not on here to talk about the fast charge. It's like I'm selling. I'm not on commission. <laughs> but but they're so good. And if you if you if you want to if you want to charge your phone quick, crack on. I don't know why I'm talking about this, but yeah. <laughs> well, I find if I turn my phone off and put it on charge for an hour, I've got full battery. Oh yeah, yeah. That's a that's yeah. a great tactic. Great tactic. Yeah, but then you know, I just haven't got a phone for an hour or so. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Maybe you didn't get me on to talk about phone charging, though. So, <laughs> so about wrestling-wise, you, are you a fan of watching wrestling? Or um, have you been watching much I, lockdown? Or? So I think people would expect me to maybe like only enjoy a certain type of wrestling just because that's what I kind of gravitate to as a, as a performer. But mm-hmm. I watch every single bit of wrestling I can. Uh, oh, wow. I literally I, I consume WWE... T- TN, I still call it TNA, Impact Wrestling, still AEW, a lot of Japanese stuff. Like I try and m- watch as much as I can. Um, and I try and um, keep a a real open mind to everything. So like yes. the, the comedy, the, you know, the, 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 the more shoot, shoot sort of stuff, the, 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 just the main event stuff, they open it, everything. I try and keep it, you know, it's, it's because at the end of the day, um, wrestling is, to me, wrestling's a variety show and, um, a wrestling fan or a good wrestling fan should be able to enjoy every aspect of it. Maybe not enjoy every aspect, but at least appreciate every aspect of it. If you like. Yeah, definitely. I, I am getting a bit bored of the no fans, but I think I'm, I'm <sighs> one fans back. Do you know what? I was told a stat the other day, and, and it, it makes me it makes me really think about this. Like when you say new fans, you mean Twitter fans, don't you? No, <laughs> like... I mean, not, not not new fans. <laughs> I just mean fans at the arena. Oh right. Oh no, yeah, fans. I thought it's a new fan. Sorry. No, no, no. no. Folks, I'm bored of the new fans. <laughs> um, no, the, the, yeah. The, do you know what? Certain companies have done it well, and certain companies haven't. AEW. So, and so, I watched Slammiversary the other night, um, a couple of weeks back, and I, I was, I watched the entire thing, and I, my, it had my intention the entire way through, and I didn't once really. But I think, yeah, the, um, the commentators, watch, yeah. the commentators did a brilliant job on that, and the camera angles. Yes, yeah, the way, yeah. They, the way they filmed it, you didn't notice still no fans. I've noticed as well on the production, they've also got like a lot more lighting that they wouldn't normally have if there was fans in there. They've kind of like lit the area like with all sort of dynamic lighting and stuff, which I don't think you could get away with, with when there was fans in there because it'd be in their eyes or whatever. Um, so mm-hmm. they've kind of done the best with the space they've got, I think. Yeah, I think, yeah. Um, I can't say so much about the, the WWE stuff because. That has been quite draining trying to trying to watch that recently. To be fair, um, I literally watch. I got on Sunday they have the highlights. I watched that. I couldn't sit for a three hour no fun. Do you know what? Like WrestleMania was such a a, a let down. for me. It was a letdown. Like they did their best, and obviously the performers did their best, but like it just didn't feel like WrestleMania. And I do feel for Drew not really getting his you know his 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 moment, if you like, you know his proper moment. Yeah, I said at the time on our review, I think they could have, if they wanted, they could have just gone full in. With, if there's going to be a pirate theme, they yeah. could have just gone all in. They have not enough money to surround that ring with a pirate ship. And have, <laughs> yeah, they could have, they could have had pirates. And, it just didn't feel just, big, did it? it? Didn't feel just didn't feel it like a silly. show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but going on to the Drew thing, like I think that the the, um, the Drew's title reign, I think it's been, I think he is so believable as a champion. I think the title reign is a great title reign. However, it's just let down by that that he hasn't been he hasn't been rewarded his response from the crowd, if you like, from from the from the hard work, which is which is kind of the tragic thing about it. Yeah, well, that's, uh, that's why I'm kind of liking the the theory going around that he's going to lose the title at 
at SummerSlam and then when just do, redo it, he's on the win the rumble again and again. Yeah. Do you know what I was kind of expecting um at WrestleMania, um a dirty finish with of, with like um Heyman getting involved and Lesnar going over and then mm-hmm. it leading and building towards his actual victory in front of a, a live crowd. Yes, uh, I think uh, they've kind of wait they've wasted the Drew pop they could have got and the Keith Lee. Keith mm-hmm. Lee should have won a title in front of Yeah, fans. exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um but, but guess they need to I guess the show must go at the end of the day. Yeah, they can't. They have no idea when fans will be back, so they can't yeah. just keep holding no. people off and give people exactly. eighty bump title reigns because they want to be in front of fans. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> and to be fair, I say you say about watching wrestling during this time as well. I think we should all be quite like cut ourselves lucky a little bit that we were able to watch wrestling because I mean, this country hasn't been able to put on shows, so it's it's been quite nice that, that at least there's been something to watch that's fresh and new from America, really. Yeah, and it's, it seems like we could get like fans back in. Um, Britain before America, so NXT UK could yeah I be, think be that, the best thing on the, the network. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm like um, so my partner works in the um, the theatre uh, business, and mm. they haven't booked any pantomimes for this year because they're not expecting to be back in for Christmas for like so a lot of the theatres haven't haven't even started planning because at the end of the day, like they have, but I guess they have to rehearse that and all, that, and they have to rehearse and you know and and and, and cast they, and all that sort of stuff. They need. Full houses every night to pay yeah, make a profit, don't you? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, a lot of wrestling companies like that, to be honest with you. But um... I've, I've heard, I've heard promoters saying we could put on a show now, but I can't. I can't if there's only thirty people allowed in the building. Yeah, I'm yeah. Twenty-five of them are going to be wrestlers. So just, the, there's think, no point. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of the problem is as well is. Um, at, for, I mean, for, I know for BWR, for instance, I know that the, the general feeling is that if we put effort into you know, promoting a show, selling tickets, finding a venue that will allow it, you know, putting all the effort that goes into to building a show and, and, and you know, presenting a show mm-hmm. only for it to be cancelled a few weeks before because we don't know what's going to happen. You know, people have been talking about second lockdowns and all sorts. It would just be so, not only soul-destroying for us, but kind of like all that hard work that we put in trying to make it work, it would have just been all for nothing, really. So I think the general consensus with us is kind of like wait it out and do a big relaunch, hopefully, when this is blown over. Yeah, cool. Would you never go down the like the pay per view route and see if you could do like a no fan? Uh, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I just for us, I don't think it's worth it, and and I think that's the general consensus within the company as well. Obviously, the fans <laughs> want to be back. The wrestlers want the fans want the fans want us to be back. The wrestlers want us to be back. We're all on the same page in that sort of thing. It's just a case yeah. of making it work, you know. Yeah, I've, I've messaged my local promoter asking, can he bring out some new DVDs? Because I've watched the same six DVDs. Yeah. On repeat. <laughs> my five year olds missing Wrestle Island so much. And oh, just, right, yeah. We've got like the third, like six or seven well, that's, DVDs. That's and it's really, they have, but they haven't, yeah, he hasn't brought at least any since the beginning of 2019, I think. I think they've got an on demand service. I thought they had an on demand thing. Or... Yeah, they're on Turnbuckle, I think. Yeah. Yeah, so that was quite good for us. We we kind of launched our on-demand service on uh, over the lockdown period. Um, we had like two and a half, three years worth of shows to put on there. So that was quite a, quite a good thing for us. That, you know, yeah. the fans still got to get to see whole past shows. You know, when when we, there was no live shows going on. This is Joe Rage, the heavyweight classic, and you are listening to Broken but Glorious. So if we go back to the beginning, so, um, yes, who was your favorite wrestler growing up? So, uh, it gives away you, yeah. So, I mean, it's weird because my favorite wrestler was so Steve Austin, Stone Cold Steve Austin. I, th- I just thought like the attitude, the the persona, the the way he would like the, the brawling. I just I just absolutely loved him, and I don't I don't know 
I was just so like magnetized to him so much. Um, however, so he's my favorite wrestler. However, I remember um, another wrestler that came along that wasn't quite. It was maybe like a couple of years before my era, but I watched it because we we found tapes. We got old ECW tapes. Yes. Uh, basically, I uh, it was a cap, cap, random car boot sale, and um, we was going through this tape box. And obviously, I was watching. I think it was about nine ninety eight, nine ninety nine. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was a big WWF fan back then, and knew all you know. You know, was well into. That. I think I was like eight years old. So anyway, we found this like box of wrestling videos. And there was just this these this couple of videos that weren't there was two unmarked ones and one that was an ECW um I think it was it was Heatwave ninety eight uh, no Heatwave ninety six sorry yes the, the tape and I remember on the front of it it said that I think there was a there was a there was a a picture of one of the Dudley boys who I recognised obviously from the WWF at the time and there was also it's also said it on like said like Chris Jericho on the front of it or something like that anyway it just had some names that I recognised from the WWF. So I yeah. like, begged my dad to buy. I don't know how much it was. And we bought these other two unmarked, you know, like just grey, grey VHS tape. And it just had scribbled EC, just had ECW on it, just just in marker pen or whatever. And uh, I remember putting, um, I remember putting one of these, one of these, you know, random VHSs in the tape player. And um, it was Brian Pillman. And I don't actually oh, think, uh, he ever, I don't actually think he ever wrestled for the ECW at that time. I think he wrestled earlier, but I don't think he wrestled during '96. And uh, he was in the ring with Joey Styles and he was doing an interview. And my God, like that man was just so, you couldn't take your eyes off him. Like yeah, for me anyway, I was. Man, he, that just after his car accident, he just had his. Yeah, I think it was just, I think it was just, I think it was just before when he actually, uh, my, well, I, I can't remember. Like I said, it was quite hazy, but I, but I remember he was, he, obviously me as a kid, not eight, nine years old watching the WWF, but he was using things like, you know, he was using like, you know, swearing piece of shit, all that sort of stuff. And, it, and like, I think he like, uh, he um he threatened to like pull his dick out and like piss like piss in the ring and all, all you know and, all, and I'm just like and I'm yeah. just like I'm just like what I, like I have never seen anything like this before in wrestling and and he was just no. and it just felt believable it felt like I was literally watching a madman in a wrestling ring and then I think he got escorted out by fat by by the security and he, and then he attacked a fan in the audience with with like a fork or something and it was just honestly for me you know eight years old watching that I was kind of like what is going on this guy is absolutely mad (laughs) and like obviously like my parents had no idea what I was watching they was watching they thought I was watching like just WWF stuff (laughs) during I was like oh some wrestling tapes you know (laughs) they had no idea that I had like this sort of stuff it's probably it's probably why it's kind of like molded my performance now but like yeah at the time it was unbelievable like honestly imagine being eight years old and seeing stuff like that just it was just and he, and he just felt so believable. It just felt like a like an actual maniac. It was just great. And uh, so yeah, I would say that. And then he, I think he joined WWF, WWF um, after that. But I think that was. I don't think he actually wrestled. I don't think when it was when I was watching WWF, I don't think he w- was wrestling then. So I think that was my only like glimpse of him at the time. And obviously now I can, when I'm older, I went back and watched all the stuff on the network and stuff like that. And I would say looking back on now, it's like him, him and him and Steve Austin, which obviously were a tag team earlier in, in their career. Yes. <laughs> They went in totally different directions after the Hollywood Blondes, but yeah, I um, yeah, them two, them two really stick out for me uh, from a young age. Cool. So, uh, what actually prompted you to do on the tights against the ring yourself? Yeah, so um, I didn't really start until I was like early twenties, um, basically because obviously I'm from Grimsby. There wasn't really anything round here as far as like wrestling training, and also to be honest with you, in my head I thought it was an American thing. I had no idea that like I could learn to be a pro wrestler in the UK. Like it wasn't. It, you know, it was just not. A thing for yeah, me. yeah, you'd be surprised how many wrestlers. Just yeah, um, 
No, and obviously, um, so we so we literally just saw what did I see? It was um, I think it was an ad in the paper or it was on the internet or something for um, GWA Grimsby Wrestling Academy, and uh, you got your first week training for free. And I was just like, Do you know what? I've loved wrestling all my life. I fantasized about doing this from a young age. Why have you know? So I just went for it, and that's kind of you know the rest is history type thing. Cool. So was it like Stone Cold Brian Pillman who you wanted to mold your style around when you start training? So I think like well, going back to that, obviously, I think after as I got old, grew older, I grew up with kind of like the Hardy Boys and 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 that's and you know Edge and Christian and that sort of thing. So I was always well into kind of like the TLC and the ladders and all that sort of stuff. So I think like Jeff Hardy was a big inspiration as well for me. Yeah. Um, so if you mix a little bit of them three in, Jeff Hardy, Steve Austin, and Brian Pinnell, I think you kind of get where I am. So yeah, I think from an early on, that's where I wanted to go. But I think when I first actually got there, that my my coach kind of molded me into more of like a like a cool, like smarmy, cocky. Because that at the end of the day, when you start out training, that's the only that's the only bad guy gimmick you know. Just be yes. cool and cocky. <laughs> yeah, and that's about it. So that's that kind of it. Didn't feel right for me. I, you know, I just didn't like. That's not how I was in real life, so it was kind so of. Did you did you have an idea of what you wanted? To, what character you wanted to go down? Again, I kind of went into it with like a, like deer and headlights type thing. I didn't really know much about how I would kind of like fashion my own character. It wasn't until I started thinking like, you know what? I'm just gonna I'm just gonna like channel what I love, and that should come through as a you know that that passion should come through to the yep. audience hopefully. And that wasn't until probably later on after I realised that I wasn't enjoying myself doing this kind of like cool like i've come out with like sunglasses on and like swagger to the ring and all this sort of stuff and i just didn't like it i just it just didn't feel right for me and I, and I could tell that like the fans weren't buying into it either um yeah so take us back to you like your first match your first show <laughs> what did you remember about in hindsight was that any good what's your opinion in hindsight i had no business being anywhere near that ring oh. by any means by any stretch of the imagination <laughs> like <laughs> just just no like so again because the scene in Grimsley isn't very big and it's only that company really um the the good thing about it was that the opportunity to be on a show came a lot earlier than it should have done really um so I was only probably a couple of months into my training and I got told basically you're going to be on this show you're going to go out this 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 younger trainee is going to be out in the ring and he thinks he's going to you know do a promo or start, start a match or something like that and basically I'm going to come out squash him in two minutes put him in some some god-awful submission hold and like just choke the life out or something like that yeah that and that was that and that was the match and and I, I could understand why it was so short because at the end of the day i was no like i shouldn't have been anywhere in that ring but i just felt so uncomfortable i told the promoter before before i went up i was like i'm not i said to myself i know that i'm not ready to do this can i just go like if you want me on a show can i not just go in a mask and go in a you know in a in a battle royal or something just just anything but this this is quite a big role on the show type thing you know it's coming out and interrupting someone and it's getting the win and you know it, it was just it, i just didn't feel ready at all um but i made the most of it the fans responded quite well and i and I, obviously i loved it i loved performing i loved being out in the you know in front of the public um yeah with wrestling there's not many professions where people watch you do your first time doing anything something or yeah to see you yeah when you when you go see football that's the first time they've ever played Played football, they played that's football. very true. But yeah. nobody, but then, yeah, but wrestling like, season, yeah. I know you probably had training matches, but you probably didn't have a full on match. Yeah, do you know what? The first I, I can remember being stood behind the curtain, knowing that I was just about my music was just about to interrupt this guy, 
and like my heart was beating out of my chest like, honestly that was the most stressed i've been in my life i just i i, I yeah i was i was not ready and i shouldn't have been nearing just for those reasons alone and i wasn't comfortable like even even if i could get them you know even if like i felt like i was doing the moves correctly or whatever for me the confidence wasn't there for me to potentially be as safe as i could have been and all that sort of stuff so yeah i as much as like i loved it because i kind of learned on the job mm-hmm. um I kind of know in my head that it potentially it probably wasn't the right way of doing things. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so where, where did the Tyler Devlin name gimmick come from? Uh, again, that was part with the, the, the promoter. Uh, he, so he wanted, so I think it was, um, he wanted he me to fight, fight club fan. Yeah. So, so the, so the gimmick was, I was supposed to be this like cool version of like, I was, I was supposed to be, I basically, I, I guess I was supposed to be like Tyler Devlin. I was supposed to be a bit chaotic, but also like quite cool and smarmy and stuff like that. Um, and he came up with a name. Like I said, it was I was just given it, and and I just haven't changed it. <laughs> you know, for me, for me, for me, I like I think people get so hung up on names and nicknames and and gimmicks and and all sorts of stuff like that. But at the end of the day, like the only people that are gonna you can make a name at the end of the day. You know, yeah. you, like there's so many names. Dolph Ziggler is a, a terrible name. But he's made it something, you know. He's made it something, and I think that I think that that's a massive thing at the start. Is like a lot of people get hung up. Oh, what am I going to call myself? What am I going to? What nicknames I give myself? And you know all this sort of stuff. And I, and I just, it's never really bothered me. I've never, I've never. He gave me that name. I stuck with it. You know, make it work. I am Miles Cameron, and if you want to be miles better. Listen to the Broken But Glorious podcast now. Cool, so I'm guessing during lockdown you've had time to like rest, all, rest your body, do like rest all these little injuries. It's like you've had time to think and tweak your character slightly. Uh, yes. Yeah, what's, so what's gone good and what's gone wrong in the last year or so? I think a massive part for me was that I was starting to get a little bit complacent when it comes to... Um, like wrestling ability because I, because I've started doing a lot more hardcore and deathmatch kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I've kind of lost confidence in, in um, my kind of technical side of wrestling ability and, and that sort of side of things. Um, and that's a massive thing that I'm going to be, you know, addressing when, when, when I can basically I'll be moving down to um, moving down to London in a few weeks time. Yeah. My partner works down there. Uh, so we're moving down there and um I've been looking at training schools down there. I'm going to go maybe look at um, training with Greg, Greg Burridge down there at uh, London, uh, what's it, the uh, London School of Lucha Libre. Yes. Um, and there's also knuckle locks down there that I've been looking at. So so a massive part, I, I know that for me, is like I'm going to get stuck in. I'm going to get stuck back into, you know, getting that confidence. I, I know that I can do, the, do, physically do, you know, the things that I'm required to do. I just, I just need to build my confidence back up and i think to be fair i think a lot of people will feel the same after not wrestling for so long mm-hmm. uh, but it's kind of it, i just feel kind of like doubly for me because i have also kind of relied on the hardcore stuff for a lot longer before lockdown if you like yeah so where where whereabouts in your wrestling career did you decide to take the more hardcore side the <laughs> again it was pretty early on um again i, I like i said ec watching ecw as a kid watching jeff hardy and, and, and that sort of stuff i've always been into that kind of wrestling um, it's yeah. always been for me that's what for me i popped the loudest when i saw that sort of stuff so in my head i'm wired to think oh i'll get the loudest pops if i go and do that sort of stuff <laughs> but obviously that only applies to people like me like fat wrestling yeah. fans like me um but um was it? it was uh 
me and this other guy, uh, Reese Ryan, actually, at the, he's not. I don't think he's doing. We we was in a tag team together against two of the two of the two of our coaches actually, and uh, for a couple of shows before, and we were like winding them up as if I like, were the old guys and all that sort of stuff. And uh, last minute, literally the day of the show, so they've been they've been promoting a cage match like for this big show, and they hadn't announced who was in the match. And this is like the, the promoter hadn't probably decided either until, <laughs> to be honest with you. But all it said on the poster was like featuring, you know, steel cage match or whatever. And anyway, it got to the, pretty much the day of the show. In fact, I think it was the morning of the show. And uh, we turned up to set up and we was all interested. Like, who was in the cage? Because I think Chris Masters was on the show. He was the big draw for the night. And we oh, was wow. like, oh, so is the main event going to be, you know, Chris Masters versus our champion at the time in the, in the cage? So they obviously expecting it to be that. Um, no, no, it wasn't. No, it ended up being me and this other lad, Reese, um, jumping in this cage with the, our two coaches and uh, just basically getting the shit kicked out of us in this cage. Oh, wow. <laughs> Literally, like, so and I think the finish of the match was um, uh, so this was the first big sort of hardcore bump I did and the first kind of daredevil bump that I did. And I was pushing for it all day. And hmm. uh, so the finish of the match was we ended up winning the match. Because I got thrown out of the cage through the announcer table. So, like, like what was it? Big Show and Stone Cold. Type so, thing. yeah, through so Stone some, Cold, through yeah, the, through well, the... we, yeah. So we was on top of the cage, on top of the cage, and we was, we oh was yeah, like back, yeah, back and forth. And the announcer table was basically the Mankind spot from the cell. Basically, that was my first kind of my first. Oh, wow. Yeah, ridiculous. <laughs> so we ended up winning that match because I got thrown off the top of the cage through the announcer table, and that was maybe that was maybe what's for this sounds bad but maybe like 10 months into my training <laughs> wow. yeah 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 so from from early on in my career i knew that that's what i wanted to do and you know what i loved every second of it yeah like uh, Tri- triple h has been very open about his dislike of like hardcore wrestling he wants to describe ccw as trash and some magazines say it's bad yeah. how bad i think i think hardcore the... wrestling is sports or how do you feel about stuff like that? <laughs> i think that um I think they can be done bad. I think they can be. It can be. It can be. Oh, there is definitely bad hardcore wrestling. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. And it probably wouldn't be wrong. There are certain. You know, I've seen certain CCW matches and certain you know big time hardcore matches you, that you'd think that are going to be good and they've been absolutely terrible. And it, yeah, it can be done wrong. But are you telling me that Triple H, you know, Edge versus Mick Foley at WrestleMania? What was Triple H's opinion on that? Would you think? I'm sure you. I'm sure he absolutely put, loved put, it. Exactly. Yeah. You know, put, put edge on the map. And... <laughs> exactly. I think that like, I do agree that it can be done wrong, and I do agree that it does bring the business down and so. But then, so can comedy. Bad comedy matches do the same. You know, like there's so there's bad versions of every type of wrestling. Um, and I'm not going to sit here and say that there aren't bad versions of hardcore wrestling because a lot of it is crap. <laughs> like, you <Yeah>. know, <laughs> and you see like. Super, like I know he's got so many followers on Twitter and Instagram. Superhuman, you know, jumping off stuff and, and you know, like that kind of stuff I used to do as a kid, like on a trampoline. Yeah, and just because yeah. he's got, a, you know, just he's got a platform now, he's made thousands. <laughs> it's ridiculous. He's booked on shows now. And I don't, I don't yeah, know, yeah. Any training? So. I don't think he has. I don't think he has. And uh, yeah, and that is the bad side of it. Like, I do think there is still a great story that can be told within the match. Um, I do think that you, st- you can still have your heroes and your villains. I do think that it can be just like any other normal wrestling match. Um, I don't, I, you know, that's my opinion on it. And the thing is, as well, is like you watch a film 
how many fight scenes in a film are like straight up fight scenes with no weapons or no you know explosions or, or things breaking and stuff like that? There aren't many. No. <laughs> and that's I, I'd say, yeah. You can, I can say yeah. These types of matches they are a great, a great blend of violence and sometimes in ring like, mm. psychology and mm. storytelling. They can be a bit of an art form. Well, for instance, as well is like I think that it makes. It gives you more options as well sometimes within matches for you know storytelling devices. So for instance, like I just described the 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 way we won that cage match, you know that's not a standard way of winning. It just opens up you know a whole more whole whole, whole host of like other possibilities for for any sort of match really. So I, I do I, I do think it can it can if, if done the right way it can be it can be great. Yeah, and and it's a great way for like an underdog to get a win as well. Cause you, oh, absolutely. Any, yeah. anybody, anybody being knocked out by getting hit by the chair, so it's yeah. believable that. Completely. The thing is, a main, a main event will get defeated by a lower card guy in a hardcore match. Well, the thing is that I mean, I think Triple H he says all this, but think how many hardcore stuff, how much hardcore stuff he's done. He, he's done so much hardcore stuff. So, so is he basically saying the only hardcore stuff that's good is is his stuff because that's what it sounds like. <laughs> it's, yeah, he's made a career of hitting people with a sledgehammer. Exactly. Exactly. I think what he's probably referring to is is kind of like. I, I think it's more death matches. He probably hates. Yeah, I think I think it is so. a lazy. You can. You, I think there is a way into wrestling that is a lazy way into wrestling, and that and it is that way of doing it. I, I do think there are a lot of people that don't get trained properly and just go straight into doing the death match hardcore stuff, um, and that's probably the that's probably the bad side of it. Cool. <laughs> right, so, um, what's the craziest weapon you, you've been involved with in a match? Uh, craziest weapon. So. We so the last I think it was actually the last match that I had before lockdown. Uh, it was let me think. Yeah, so basically we had like just this big structure of death set up. It was kind of like it was a barbed wire board on 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 two chairs and then wow. two chairs above it with a paint with a pane of glass on the top of it. <laughs> so it was like through the pane of glass, through the barbed wire board to the ring, and that was probably the the biggest. I think it was Clint Majera that threw me off the top of this kind of like um, section of the building. Yeah, th- through that, that was probably the bit, probably the, the the yeah that was. Other than oh, there has been a fan before that brought a like a, a bat with um, drawing pins glued to it on the oh, outside. That yeah, that's probably so, the next question. <laughs> that's quite yeah, that's quite nasty that one. Um, but again, at the time, it's like it's the adrenaline's there. Mm. Uh, I've always been fascinated with kind of like pushing my body to like its limits, um, and and it's just so interesting to me that like your body can produce a chemical and a hormone inside, you know, that, that that kind of like deals with this sort of pain. It just fascinates me. It's it's that sort of side of thing always fascinates me. Is there any weapons you prefer not to be involved in matches? Do you know at this point I'm kind of open to anything. Um, I've not really thought about it that much i don't really think about it if someone comes to me and they've got a, a good idea and it kind of works within the sense of the story and the match then i kind of you know i'd i'd consider it obviously i'm not going to go into like new jack stuff like knives no. and guns <laughs> and shit like that but like, but like within you know within reason and within context of a match i kind of open to anything at the moment uh, so that rest- might change as i get older if your opponent goes under the ring sets up a mm-hmm. table and then mm-hmm. brings out a bag and pours on top would you like it to be drawing pins or Lego? Or what would you prefer it not to be? Oh, between the two? Yeah. Uh, I'd prefer drawing pins because Lego hurts like a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I can deal with drawing pins, but Lego, no. 
Lego just takes me back to those days where I had to used to try and minefield across my bedroom as a kid. Yes. And I'd stand up <laughs> on and wake everyone up in the house. <laughs> I hate, no, that's, yeah, I would much prefer drawing pins, which is really ridiculous to say, but yeah. It's pretty split where I've asked that for, to a couple of people, and people just don't like, I, they prefer to have a bruise than a being stabbed. Yeah, but I mean, drawing pins, they, they're done in they're done in a couple of days, like they're gone, it just doesn't really, unless yeah. you get them in the palm of your hands. When you get them in the palm Ooh. of your hands, that batters. I remember we, I, we had a referee once for a match, I used drawing pins in a match. And I had a referee one, and he knew I was going to use him, and, and he, he knew the ex- full story of the match and all that sort of stuff. And he comes out to the ring with no gloves, and I'm like, "What are you doing?" And do you know what? He fully committed to that three count. Like, oh. <laughs> he fully committed. And she watched the take back, and he is not—he's not holding back from that three count. He is slamming that bam into the canvas. Looking <laughs> back to now, I was like, "You're mad. You're absolutely <laughs> mad. <laughs> like, ridiculous." <laughs> This is Shreddy Breck, a.k.a. Mr. Clangin' and Bangin', and you are listening to Broken But Glorious, because this ain't no gimmick, it's a lifestyle. Uh, so how did you get involved with um, British Wrestling Revolution? Uh, yeah, so that kind of um, grew on from, as I mentioned earlier, the, the Grimsley Wrestling Academy. Um, so that company kind of folded uh, in 2016, maybe. And obviously there was still like a, a group of wrestlers um, and a group of fans, and, and uh, basically... The promoter left and moved away, and he's not involved in wrestling anymore. And you know, he kind of yeah. left a group of people there in Grimsby that you know wanted to do something still. And there was a fan, definitely a fan base there. We're still getting, you know, we're still drawing fans towards the end of the run. So it kind of just come about from us, you know, having a couple of meetings and just decided, you know what, like we're gonna we're gonna make we're gonna build this platform for ourselves. And we're, I mean, it's it's kind of become like a real you know passion project for a group of people that's mm-hmm. we're so passionate about wrestling and we just wanted to build this platform for ourselves you know to to move forward um you know and we drafted in some of our, some of our friends that you know finance and admin type people and, and and all sorts and it's just it's just a real yeah so that's how really i mean i'm involved in more the creative side of things with the team of people um but I've also kind of got my fingers and everything. I kind of like. Yeah, I was going to say, what's your current role within the promotions? So? Yeah, so so mainly creative. But if someone asks me to do something else, or or like people will ask me, oh, where's the ring, or when's the ring coming? You know, I'll be involved in quite a lot of it as well. Um, it's just yeah, it's it's a really it's a really kind of like oh, it's it's really nice that there isn't one person in charge, and it's yeah. kind of like a group effort. Um, because I think sometimes when there's just one person in charge, either you can go down a rabbit hole where they think that something's right and everyone around them is telling them wrong, but because they're in charge, that's what happens. Whereas with mm-hmm. this, it's like every, every decision is kind of a, a group decision. And, uh, you know, we get eyes from everywhere kind of to build what we what we have going on. Oh, definitely. So we like sneak behind the curtain. Yeah. You, you crowned um, Drift Connors as your first champion. What was mm. the booking decision behind that? So, um, so, the idea, so when we first started, the idea of the company it was going to be just be called Grimsby Wrestling Revolution GWR. Yeah, and someone pointed out that that was the same as Great Western Railway. So <laughs> and then the other idea was, you know what? Like, if we stick to that name, it doesn't give us space to grow. It doesn't give us space to to build. It just means that we're going to be the same as what we were. Um, so let's give ourselves a chance. Let's give us ourselves something to aim for, and let's change it to British Wrestling Revolution. Let's give us that. Let's give us that something to strive for, and because um, we didn't we didn't crown our first champion until probably about four four or five shows in, I don't think. And uh, it just kind of built from there. It was never our first choice. We didn't think that you know. I think he just signed for the WWE at the time, um, and it was 
we, you know, we, the response they got from the crowd for the first couple of shows, amazing. And it was just, the crowds got bigger and bigger. And we just thought, you know what, we're going to crown our first champion. Let's put it on someone with some, with, with, you know, that's got a name. Let's put it on someone that it kind of like sticks our claim in the rest of the industry, you know, the Brit wrestling scene and being like, you know what, no, we're going to go for this. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to try and make something of this company. And here's our first champion. He's yeah. put, you know, he's put his name to us with, you know, with, with we're going to go for it. And it, that was kind of the reasoning behind it, I think. I mean, and, and do you know what? He kind of, he's our longest reigning champion and he kind of is, he is completely our John. He is the John Cena of Grimsby. Joseph Connors <laughs> is the John Cena of Grimsby. He's absolutely adored there. Um, he and, seems to be massive all like uh, Northeast, like Yorkshire. Like, yes. Yeah, I think a lot of places he plays a heel, uh, but we, we brought him in as a baby face and he just does such a great passionate ba- heel. Uh, sorry, great passionate baby face persona mm. uh, yeah so now so now he kind of he was a regular for us for the first kind of 18 months to two years and now he kind of does the classic john cena sporadic appearances where he comes out and saves like you know some underdog or yeah. or, you know, or he'll, he'll take on an import or you know that's what we that's that's what we're kind of using him for now uh, wow. but yeah it's it was yeah that was kind of the reasoning behind that so have you predominantly stayed within the grisby area or have you made your way into whole so is it East Anglia? Is that the next bit? Uh, so it's not yeah, too so, far away. <laughs> and no, well, no, it's, it's quite. So we, so we are looking at um, expand. So at the moment, we do normally just stay in Grimsby and Cleethorpes um, because at the moment everything's working. You know, we're drawing kind of like three hundred ish people to every show. Um, you know, we, we don't worry about selling tickets. Everything's working, and it's kind of like nice to be in that comfort zone of just knowing that you know we do a show, it makes money. We you know crack crack on to next month or whatever put it into the train school you know and, and it's and it's safe um but we do have ambitions to, to to branch out because um our social our social media presence is growing fans have asked for us to to go to come to other areas um i think the last kind of year year and a half we've noticed that we are starting to get like national recognition a little bit and, it, and that's mm-hmm. quite nice um so we are looking at, at, at looking at the further afield maybe doncaster would be a great place i know it hasn't had wrestling there since kind of like or british wrestling there since like the one pw days oh wow um which was actually my first live show at the doncaster dome so i'd love to perform there cool so wh- when you bring in big names you've mentioned joseph connors but how mm-hmm. do you decide who's going to wrestle who um it's again it kind of comes down to storyline like the storyline at the time so um so when we, we brought Pack in one year, when he just when he started taking bookings again, and we got one of his first bookings in the UK, um, and we brought him in, and that was basically we, so for that sort of instance, we we wanted to just do a big marquee match because we wanted to draw a crowd. We went to a bigger venue, yeah. um, we wanted to sell tickets, so we just put the biggest marquee match we could with the with like him versus one of our top guys and who, who, one of our biggest names. So we put him on with Kip Sabian at the time, who obviously oh, wow. was yeah. just building his name. So the main event of that show was Kip, Kip versus Pack. No real storyline behind it, other than the fact that the show before. I mean, we announced Pack, and then the show before, Kip Sabian said that, um, it, you know, we just made we, the story was that Kip didn't want, you know, Pack coming into the British wrestling scene. Now he's left the big corporation and, and treading on his toes, and you know, and all that sort of stuff. So, that, oh well, yeah. <laughs> but it was kind of just for that, for instance, for that, for that import, it was kind of just, you know, let's put a big match on, let's sell some tickets. It wasn't there wasn't that much in terms of storyline behind that, but. In other ways, so we had Grado down. So for that, for instance, we did um, one of our top baby faces. who was just a local lad, local lad from Scunthorpe. Works down the steelworks. He's called Jimmy McIlwee, and he doesn't. He's just, he's just your, he's just your James Ellsworth, 
type. You know, everyone loves him because they just, they just, they just, you know, he's just a normal yeah. working lad, and and they love him. And anyway, we did this, we did this big gimmick where these two guys were like picking on him because he doesn't look like a wrestler, and you know, he hasn't got the body and all this sort of stuff, and he's a joke, and you know, all that sort of stuff. And they challenged him to a, a tag match at um, our big anniversary show, and he had to find an, he had to find a partner, and uh, he did. He spent, you know, he did a load of videos asking you know, some of our wrestlers if they were tagged with him. None of them wanted to tag with him because he's a loser and all this Aww. sort of stuff. <laughs> yeah. But um, anyway, we, we did a we did a promo, and this this was like this was probably one of my favorite things I've ever done in wrestling as part of BWR. It was so we've got like a group of people in BWR, like kind of like our you know our, our like the close knit group that started it. And anyway, we filmed this promo where it's revealed to Jimmy that he's got a cousin up in Scotland who's a wrestler. And, yeah. and he's like, well, why didn't you tell me this before? I've been looking for this tag team partner. Why didn't you tell me this before? And he was like, and his dad's kind of like, I don't know, didn't think to mention it, just like really flippantly. Anyway, <laughs> we then proceeded to film, and we actually did, did this. We traveled to Scotland. We dra- traveled to the tap end of Stevenson in a minivan, and we filmed a montage of Jimmy, because Jimmy was homeless at this point. Sorry, this was also part of the gimmick. Jimmy was homeless. Anyway, we filmed this montage of Jimmy um, hitchhiking to Scotland, you know, we, we literally, we had this minibus and seven of us got in this minibus. Yeah. We spent about, because we was filming, it took us about 10 hours to drive to Scotland. Oh, wow. We were stopping off at different places, doing different bits of filming and, and whatnot. So I, I think at one point we actually stopped off at a lay-by and we asked this trucker if Jimmy could, if we could film Jimmy getting out of his truck, you know, and that sort of stuff. So we are filming all these little bits to film this montage. And anyway, yeah. he got to Stevenson and couldn't find Grader. And that was the end of the montage. And we played that to the live audience on the night. And he, came, and he came, we couldn't find him. And then Jimmy said, but then, but then obviously the match was just about to start. So he was going to start as a two on one. And then out of nowhere, Madonna plays across the PA. Oh, yeah. And you know what? It was the biggest pop I've ever heard. It was just amazing. Like live, the, the, the crowd absolutely loved it. And so for that, obviously that's a big import, but we kept him as kind of a surprise. We obviously alluded to who it was in the montage. Um, but yeah, that was that was great. That was amazing. That was great. Yeah, it was so good, and the effort that was put into the montage of actually going up to Scotland and doing all that was just yeah, it was just yeah, that was that was I loved that. That was probably one of the best things we've done. I, I, yeah, it was it was great. So is so yeah, so, your, is that so, on your YouTube channel? Uh, I think it it might be on the YouTube channel. Or it might be. I think there's a clip of Grado debuting on the on the Facebook page, but I know it's definitely on the, on demand. Um, yes. But yeah, so 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 in in British wrestling, Jimmy McIlwee is kayfabe cousin of Grado. <laughs> so yeah happy with that <laughs> so I've also read that you've had a bit of a revamp of your leadership team yeah so obviously with what's happened uh, recently with the, the speaking out I wouldn't necessarily say revamp it's kind of like let's like just make it more public what we're doing um, yeah. a really nice thing about BWR is when all this kind of stuff happened and, and new guidelines came out and all that sort of stuff is like we was kind of we was already hitting the mark on a lot of things and it was just a case of let's just make that more public let's just like show people what we're doing let's show people that one of our management team you know has has worked in safeguarding for the past 15 years let's show you know let's show everyone that we um we have emts and and paramedics at our shows and stuff like that it was just kind of like let's make it more it was my boggling to me that that isn't a requirement of a again the thing is that was one of the things we wrote down at the start before we even did a show was like what do we want to show to make ourselves look as professional as possible and be as professional as possible, and that was one of the first things that came down on the list. And it does, it is, it is mind-boggling that there are so many companies out there that don't do it. Yeah, I, I, I just assumed it was a requirement. Yeah, you would. Anything physical, of course you would. Of course you would. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, they have, they have, 
at least um, para, not paramedics, but they have at least sort of first responders down at kids' football on a Sunday. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's yeah, it's yeah, it's yeah. So so for us, it was kind of like let's. And the thing is, Lucy is uh, moving over to the East Coast as well quite soon. Um, so yes. I've, I've, I've wanted to bring her in on, in the fall for, for a while. So we just kind of approached her and said, you know, we want to bring you onto the team. We want to train you up in safeguarding with James, who is our safeguarding guy. He's worked, like I said, he's worked in social services for 15 years or whatnot. So, um, so yeah, it was just kind of, let's make it more prominent. Let's, let's promote what we're doing rather than kind of just letting people assume that we're doing it right or wrong. Cool. So if we go to like the the wider Brit rest scene, because since your last show we've had the Black Lives Matters and the Speaking Out movement, so mm. how do you feel Brit rest will be different when everything returns? I hope that more companies will will take a look at themselves and realise that they have a responsibility to act in the correct way. They're they're a forward facing company to, to to a lot of people, and to a lot of people they are role models, and to a lot of people they're they're a lot of people's only you know outlet. And for entertainment, you know, and I just think I just feel like a lot of companies should kind of take that responsibility on a little bit more. Um, so I just think that it's going to be a more. I hope that wrestling is going to be a more inclusive place. I hope that it's going to be a you know a. a, a I hope it's going to be that safe space that people know that a lot of a lot of fans know it is a safe space, and a lot of places are safe spaces. Um, there's just a, like I said, there was just a few bad eggs that that you know needed kind of like flushing out, and I'm quite happy that that's happened. I do feel that over the last maybe three years, it was moving in that direction anyway. Because when I started going to shows, it was predominantly white guys. Yes, completely. If they had a women's match, it was a token multi-woman, no-story women's match in the middle of the show. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we were really keen when when we, um, sorry, when we, when I think when we uh, crowned our women's champion, we were really keen to put some women over. So we, we, uh, we did an all women's show um oh, wow. one, of our, one of our regular venues and that was a one night tournament to crown our women's champion um and then since then our, our champion gia she's been thrust into a, a main event level storyline um she's in like our kind of is our second to non-stable um which is like a lot of the top guys in the, yeah. in, the, in the company and she's she's along with that so like from 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 that point on we wanted to kind of like you know everyone everyone deserves that opportunity male female you know whatever sexuality you know and it kind of pains me that you know, I do believe that wrestling is quite a quite a good reflection of society, and there are bad parts of society, and and there are bad companies. You know, and, and that's the that's 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 the long and short of it. Um, not saying it's right at all, um, but like I said, I think the wrestling industry as a wider, you know, is reflective of the the, the community, the, the society as a whole, um, good and bad. Yeah, I saw Jay wrestle for the first time earlier this year. She was in the Ireland Rumble. Yeah, she's very impressive. Yeah, she, for us it was kind of like she is quite new. She's quite young. She was trained by Rampage, and like, but she's just got that presence. She walks out on that stage, and she owns she owns that stage when she walks out, mm. uh, and that was what sort of made us, you know, sit up and take notice and be like, you know, what this is, we're going to put the belt on her, and we're going to run with her, and we're going to really promote her put, moving forward, and you know, we're, we're fully behind that. Yeah, probably the last eighteen months, the the women's. Seeing has kind of gone from that token women's match middle of the show, but now the headline and like, I mean, my, my, my local two three shows ago they had the women's titles the headline of the show, yeah, and then and then Lexus Falcon won the rumble, so she's number one setter for the men's, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and the thing is, it's reflective. 
I think a lot of indie promotions in this UK in the UK are reflective of what's happening in America. You know, obviously the women's revolution and, and all that sort of stuff happened in the WWE a few years ago now, and I think it's just taken a while for this country to to catch up, rightly or wrongly. Yeah, yeah. Because I, th- I think the first Rumble that Wrestle Island did, they had one female in it. Second yeah. one had two. Yeah. This year's, I think they had six. So yeah. Um, we're we're still. I think we're 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 going to. Uh, so we do a. a like a rumble every year, like a lot of companies. I think we're going to, I think we are looking at potentially doing um, a, a women's rumble and a men's rumble, kind of like how WWE do it. Um, I'd, I'd love it. Something, yeah. To just having two rumbles on the show. Love oh, everyone awesome. loves a rumble. I, 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 love, I love Royal Rumble yeah. anyway, but now I get two rumbles on one show. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. We might need to cut down on production costs just to, just for the wage bill, but you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's that sixty people, sixty gat, sixty sixty performers on a show. Wow, <laughs> that's going to be a big wage bill. Hi, this is Tonga, and you're listening to Broken for Glorious. So, uh, last question. So, if you were a promoter for a day, promoting a show, using wrestlers you've either worked with, trained with, had on your shows. Uh, so, if I give you a match type, you tell me who would be in that match. You need to tell a little story you want to tell about the feature person. Good okay. Well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, cool. So who would be in your opening contest to get the crowd excited? For, for us, and this is kind of like a BWR thing, for us, we just think the first match should be uh, like uh, such a fast-paced, like high... People have come to watch wrestling and they get there and they want to see like... So we, we would put on probably a cruiserweight match. Um, yes. I, I think an opener for us, Robbie X is, oh, oh, wow. yeah. is the best high flyer in the country if not one of the best in the world he's absolutely just stunning like he's i can't you just just has such high praise for the man and i love him he's such a lovely guy as well so he i, I put him on in the first match anytime just because if you watch a robbie x match and you've walked into that show and you see robbie x match as the first show you know that the rest of the show is going to be fucking great you know so yeah, <laughs> unfortunately i've only ever seen one robbie x match oh. live but i've seen i've seen quite a lot yeah, I, Robbie X straight away, and probably <laughs> Robbie. I'd probably say Robbie and Joe Nelson. Oh, Robbie yes. and Joe Nelson as an opening bout would be fantastic. And again, I think that was Joe Nelson's second ever interview. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's just, like, a, just, just turned fifteen. I think <laughs> such a nice guy as well as he's just so, yeah. so turned on with wrestling as well. Such a great, such a, a great guy. Both of them, too. Robbie, Robbie and Joe, are lovely guys. Yeah, and his um, kid like us. Persona Niles, my yeah. five-year-old's favorite wrestler. Yeah, amazing. I think we're I think we're probably going to look at bringing the Lycos gimmick over to be doing quite soon. We've we've thing is Joe's wrestled for us for a long time. Joe wrestled for us when we was uh, GWA when we was in, with the academy day like our academy days. Joe wrestled for us on on some mm-hmm. of the shows. So we've known him for a long time as Joe. And um, yeah, it's just a, yeah. But I think I think that match would just set the tone for the rest of the evening for me. Yes, definitely. <laughs> About a comedy match. Well. Not many people know him, and I spoke about him already. But comedy match, I would put Jimmy in there every time. Yeah. Jimmy Kiwi is—he's fantastic. He's just so lovable. He's such a loser. <laughs> like he just—I <laughs> love him to bits. He's so good. He's currently dog sitting my dog as well. While I'm away working. Oh. So yeah, it's just great guy, and he's so funny, and the fans love him. And I'd put him on with a guy we haven't actually had in BWR. But a guy I've seen a, a lot, and I speak to a lot, and I've been on shows with him, um, Wing Commander Nash. Oh, yes. He's been of order my, my five-year-old favorite wrestlers. Hilarious. Hilarious. Both in the ring and out the ring. 
backstage you, you can always turn to him for a laugh he's just a great just i just yeah he, again comedy it's just his thing his time in everything and i think I, I, I think a lot of people think that when it's a comedy match it needs to be like a straight guy and a, and a comedy guy you know to get yeah. that kind of thing but i think this would really work there because even though jimmy does comedy he's also quite he tries to be serious if you like yeah it doesn't come off very well whereas like wing commander nash is just absolutely bonkers so I think that that would be quite a nice little pair, and I think probably down the line we'll probably do that match as well. To be honest with you, <laughs> yeah, um, we we went through a maybe my five or just what random British rules. Yeah. One afternoon, and he, I think he came. He did like the three faces of Holy with his yeah. gimmicks in yeah. one of them. He, he thought it was hilarious. It's, it's so good. It's, I mean, for um, so when I was uh, I was working for Rise in Leeds, and he I think in Leeds I think at Rise he plays um. Miles, Ka- Miles Kamen's Miles dad. dad yeah. yeah, great. And it, literally, I think as well, is like you, I think that man, you could hand him anything and he will turn it into <laughs> something. He's just absolutely made. For Wrestle, Wrestle versus over in Hull, he was, um, I think it was like a zookeeper or something. That was his <laughs> character. Yeah, just ridiculous. But, he could, but if anyone could pull it off, it's him. So yeah, them two, them two in my comedy match would be the, uh, the next one. Uh, a women's title match? Women's title. I'm going to go with... Uh, so a, a, a lady that we've booked a few times, but for whatever reason, it's never actually panned out. We've never actually managed to get her onto a show. So I'm still counting that as someone I've worked with or at least spoken to. <laughs> so yeah. um, Lizzie Styles or Lizzie Evo, I think. Um, yes. Such a hard-hitting competitor. Um, really shows off some of the, just, just how good women are now. You know, you know, for I a long time. I didn't realise how young she was. I've said it wasn't 21. Was yeah, she's still very young, yeah. Yeah. Um, and again, I think I'd put her on with Gia. I think her and Gia would be a fantastic match. I think um, I think they've wrestled in over in York neck of the woods. I think they may have wrestled in TNT. If I might be wrong there, I don't know. Yeah, they might. Have, yeah. Um, but yeah, like I think that Lizzie, the way she wrestles is is phenomenal. Um, I think it blows out the water of what we think or what we what a lot of people perceive as what women's wrestling was. Yeah. Um, and again, I spoke about Gia already about her, her presence and the, just the way she holds herself and the way she carries herself is just so professional. And I think being a rampage girl, it's just you can see it through and through where she's trained. Lindsay Styles, I've not seen a wrestler woman I've been live. I've seen her in video, but mm. I've, I've only seen her in intergender matches mm. against either like against CJ Banks or just yeah, yeah. Pitbull and the show. Yeah, no, she is fantastic. She's fantastic. And like again, we I think we've I think we've had a book for maybe three. Three different times, and like each time, there's been a, a reason. Nobody's fault, just just circumstances um, that we've had to kind of cancel the match or or whatever. So it's, it's a shame. But I think we will work with her at some point. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, then an agenda match. An agenda match, right? I haven't really thought about this one. Charlie Evans. Oh yeah. Um, do you know what? I'd love to see Charlie Evans and Rampage Brown go at it. Oh wow! <laughs> just just because. Just because she would bump around the ring for him, and that would be so. But then, but then the comeback at the end would be, would be phenomenal. I think that match is like literally that's off. Like you can see how that match, both of them are hard hitting. Yeah, I think it would just blow out of. I think it would just blow out the water what you perceive a intergender match of being. I think it would be so believable on both sides. I know Rampage is obviously like a huge, you know, dominant guy, but Charlie Evans, is, she, you know, she, she, she's brutal. She, you know, she, you believe everything that she does. Um, yeah, were, you, were you on that stuff? Um, no, I was there. Was, no, I was yeah. there. We doing the ring. I think B- B- I was doing the ring hire for that for that show. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was there for that, and she did. She brought it, and it was phenomenal. The photo she just put up on Twitter. She just looked like she'd been absolutely battered and through the. Well, this is what I mean. So imagine that 
but Rampage is just like they've just got, she's just gone to war with Rampage Brown. Wow. I just think that, would, that would be insane. And again, I think it would just completely like it would completely just blow the minds of people of what they're expecting their intergender match to be. I think. Yeah. Especially, this is the other thing as well, especially in Grimsby. I always say that Grimsby is about ten years behind everywhere else. Mm-hmm. Uh, we actually we've done a couple of intergender matches in Grimsby, and uh, the, a few times there's been kids like little boys, kind of like not liking the fact that the women were getting hit. Yeah. So fat, oh. fat, like, so complaining and stuff like that, and it's kind of like we're trying to like, yeah, we, we've done it a few times, and we're going, we're still going to keep pushing forward with it. It's just it's just I think we're like I said, we only got like broadband internet in two thousand and seven, so. You know, like, that's how far. <laughs> no, I'm joking. But yeah, we're still quite back, still quite backwards as a town. So I think we're getting there, though. Uh, it's uh, eventually your bread and, bread and butter. You could probably you could put yourself in this if you wanted to. Hardcore Extreme Rules Death Match. Well, I'm not going to pick myself because that would be quite that would be quite uh, self promoting when you <laughs> get in and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> um, I've I'm always surprised how many people put themselves in the main event. <laughs> <laughs> Are we just going with British wrestlers as well, or, or just, uh... Any, anyone you've worked with or trained with? Right, okay, okay. So people who are associated. Um, I've always looked. I would just you know what. Let's just go for like a big, extreme mashup four-way type deal. Wow. And let's go. <laughs> let's go. We might make it a five-way if I want to get involved. But let's just go a four-way at first, and let's just literally go. Let's go the the biggest names in in hardcore in the country, and let's go Drew Parker, Clint Majera, Jimmy Havoc. And big fucking Joe. Wow. And then maybe, <laughs> and then maybe if we want to make it a, just a five-way, I'll slip in there and maybe just roll someone up at the end and take the win. <laughs> but yeah, I think I'm, I, after the, after seeing Drew Park, I'm so surprised he went down the hardcore. Yeah, that seems brilliant. That it? That shocked me. You watch you watch his early days and you think, mm. you know, just this like blue blue collar boy, you know, like great wrestler, and then a couple of years. I think actually that's how it happened for me. I remember seeing him as a you know like this blue chipper wrestler. And then a few years later, I was like, "Is that is that Drew Parker? Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, diving off the oh, like oh, he's got a screwdriver stuck in his cheek or whatever. Like, what? The, yeah, like what? What? What's going on? <laughs> but yeah, as I have to say, I've worked with all four of them, and um, again, and this is this is what irks me about people saying that hardcore wrestling doesn't work. All four of them have got a great mind for telling a story. Jimmy Havoc, yeah. especially. Um, but yeah, all four of them are just would put a great match on, and, and I commend them all. Um, it's not just about hitting each other over the head with light tubes. There's there's so much more to it, and all four of them can can do can do that and tell that story. One of the Jimmy Havoc, he can take a hardcore match and he can make it. He can suddenly switch from comedy to brutal to comedy to brutal. Yeah, yeah, and that's kind and, of and, and he's laughing and you go. Yeah, <laughs> but it's also reflective. Of, it's like as an actual person. Mm. So like when when I met him, like he is literally one that he can flick from comedy to brutal. <laughs> literally, that's how he <laughs> one minute he can be backstage playing Pokemon on the Switch, yeah. and the next minute you know he's he's hyping up for his match and you know like painting his makeup on and just going you know getting into the zone. It's um yeah, that's, it's what a, like. that's the way he is. Another person I've only ever seen live once was him against Sammy Callahan. Oh, at the um, wrestling media fest. Yeah, I think I was there. Yeah, I was there for that as well. That was that yeah. was good. And he and again, he can play. He can really play the role from like, so he can be the underdog in certain matches, but also the dominant one in other matches. So with with Sammy, he really played kind of that like that um, scrappy underdog that you know. Cause, and it was, it was it was that was a really really good match to see live as well. Uh, but yeah, but he can also turn the smallest of things into such a big moment in the match. And that's the other thing is like 
not everything, like when I described earlier about that big stack of death that I went through, not everything in a hardcore or death match has to be to that level or to that no. kind of like ridiculousness. Um, you can turn anything into into a big pop. You know, the the, the paper cut, the paper cut spot, the biggest yeah. pop of the night, you know, but it's not, it's not, a, <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's not a big, you know, it's not considered a big, you know, big spot or whatever. It just, but, but he can but make that hear, so you, much more. You, but you can hear, you hear the whole crowd hiss when he does the paper mm-hmm. Yeah, this is it. I think people have become a bit immune to getting over, hit over the head with light tubes. Mm-hmm. Like people have seen it so many times on the internet, where it's kind of just like, oh, whatever. But if you can make that's those other it. things mean more, yeah. that's I think that's where the that's that's where the story is, and that's where the kind of you're winning. Definitely. Um, your tag team title match. Tag team title match. So I've always been a, a fan. And I will always forever be a fan, ever since my 1PW days as a fan, of Jody Flash and Johnny Storm. Yes. They're not working as much together anymore, but I absolutely, I think they're fantastic. I think the two of this country's best wrestlers ever. Um, yeah, they were at that um, WrestleMedia Fest they, against they LAX. Faced LA, oh, oh, what, what a match. If that was on, that, that match could have been on any pay-per-view anywhere in the world, and it would have been considered a, an epic match. Mm-hmm. And it yeah. was it was so great that we was treated to her at that show. Um, but yeah, always been a massive fan of them. They work so well together. Some of the some of the um, offense they come up with together, you know, some of the double team stuff they do, absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, great. Uh, so they would be they would be in there every time. Um, and I'd put them on with. I have, and this is a match we've actually already had in Bidra. Our our first ever tag team champions were two local lads, the Rock and Cole Express. Mm-hmm. Um, Scotty Rock and Cole Quinzel, and yeah. they—they're my boys. Like they are my absolute. They're—they're they're a couple of years younger than me, and they are my—they're my lads. I'm their dad, and uh, you know I love them to pieces. And they've worked their absolute—they've ha- worked their socks off to, to get to you know to to start getting a foothold in the British wrestling scene, and they've started getting bookings, and they're really getting there. And like, I've heard really good things about them. I haven't had a chance to see them live yet. So. Yeah, they're—they're they're just. And do you know what? They look like a tag team. They have gear that matches. They wrestle. Their, their chemistry in the ring matches their exact chemistry outside the ring. They're best friends outside the ring, and they're best friends in the ring. And like you, you can just tell they enjoy tag team wrestling. You can just tell they enjoy tagging together. Um, and they step it up. Like whoever they're on with, they, they step up. They've wrestled the Grizzled Young Veterans. They've wrestled again Jody and Johnny and, and every whoever they're on with they step up their game and they absolutely smash it out of the park every time and I cannot put them over enough and they should be wrestling everywhere amazing <laughs> then you've got your main events main event main event again I'm going to go Joseph Connors in the main event yeah because he is in my eyes our John Cena and he can work he can work any crowd that he's on and I would go Joseph Connors versus there's a few names going around my head, but it's a name, right? We never got to see this match, but it was planned for a VWR event, and it was planned after he dropped the cruiserweight title to move up into the heavyweight division against against him. Um, Joseph Connors as the babyface versus Kip Sabian as the oh, heel. Wow. Um, and it was a shame that he got signed just before we started pushing that <laughs> that rivalry. <Yeah. laughs> that was so annoying for us. We had it planned out for like six months. It was going to be this epic rivalry, you know, where like. Kip had already been like um, the cruiserweight champion. At some point, he was going to win the tag belts. He basically yeah. wanted that Grand Slam championship, and Joseph Connors was the only one sending his way. And he would do anything, absolutely anything, to, to you know. He was desperate to kind of etch his name in the history books of being the first Grand Slam champion in the company. Um, 
and it was all planned out. And then he texted me the day he got signed, and he said, "Sorry, yeah. mate, can't take wow. any more booking. I've been I, I can't tell you what's happening, but I've been signed by a big company in America." And I was like, "Oh, balls!" <laughs> and I and I texted the rest of the team and I said, "Look, this whole thing that we've spent hours planning out, not going to happen." So yeah, fantasy booking. We get we finally get. <laughs> We finally get that main event. It might happen. Oh, mate. Oh, that's a great card. I don't want to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> well, come and see Bidbar Show. That's, that's, the, that's the taste of what you get. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, or if you and your kid want to watch some wrestling, get signed up to BidbarOnDemand.com. Cheap plug. Yeah, I thought it'll be a link in the description. <laughs> so, so this is where I'd usually ask, where can people see you in the near future? But are you planning so I've got a couple of fans? Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm. So obviously, when wrestling returns, obviously I'll be at BWR, but I've also got a couple of bookings with um, Rise and part of their um, Games of Death tournament in the new year. That's been, I think that's supposed to be October. I think it's been moved to, to 2021 now. So they're my only things in my calendar at the moment. Just, I mean, I don't think many people have got many things at the moment, but <laughs> that's that's kind of what's just hopefully in the near future. We'll see. Cool. So uh, before you other than that, to... other than that, now that I've got my fast charger, all over Twitter. <laughs> all, all, all over Twitter now. <laughs> do, you to, do you want to promote your social media? We yeah, uh, twitter.com forward slash reckless devlin. And do you know what? No one uses Facebook anymore. Don't worry without that. But you can, but it's the same same link all the way through Instagram, Facebook, whatever, all that sort of stuff. All that sort of good stuff. And then also check out BWR. Just search BWR. Rest British Wrestling Revolution. <laughs> <laughs> I put all links in the descriptions. You and BWR and the YouTube channel. Great. So I've, re- I've really enjoyed speaking today. I'd love to have you on again in the future. Yeah, it'd be great. <laughs> great. Get into a bit more stuff. 